quick. Yeah. Big Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Let's go. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Carr waiting for the shotgun snap. He's got the ball. Quick throw left side. Renfro with a catch. And he breaks one tackle. Then the ball comes out. It's loose. And it's picked up by the Cardinals in midfield. It's picked up by Byron Murphy at the 40, at the 30, at the 20, at the 10. Full game. Byron Murphy picks up the ball at midfield. Returns it for a touchdown. And the Cardinals win. Go Flags. What an unbelievable finish here in Vegas. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> what It really was. It really was. Yeah. And just... To see, like, Adrian Wilson running down his sideline. He was flying. Steve Kime was kind of jumping up and down. Steve and Kime was not flying. No, no, no. He's not going very fast. Adrian Wilson was flying. Yeah. Steve Kime was not flying. He was <laughs> jump like, jump like, yeah. God is going to run. Like, he knows. He knows what to do. But Adrian Wilson's like, I'll race you. I'll race you down the sideline. It was just, it, it was pretty phenomenal. It was, um, you know, to see to see them come back and win that game. Because it was such an important game. We understand, you know, there's only two teams in the NFC that are 0-2, right? Carolina and Atlanta. Those are the two that are 0-2. You, you don't want to be there. Your chances of making the playoffs are 11%. That, you, there's something, but it's 11%. You start yeah. off 0-2, it's 11%. 11% chance you make the playoffs. If you're 1-1, it's more of like a 44% chance that you'll make it. So you don't want to be 0-2. They look dead to right. They did. They looked dead to right. They were so they were playing so poorly. The Raiders take the opening drive. They go all the way down the field. Like, oh, here we go again. Here we go again. I thought that that was as big of a gut check victory for the Arizona Cardinals as I've seen in a long time. It was mm-hmm. a gut check win because there was no sulking. There was no panting on the sideline. Nobody was throwing anything. Man, they just kind of okay. Let's let's go get one. Okay, let's get another one. Defense got stops. And the offense got points, and you put it together, and they were able to mount this incredible comeback. Very, very rare. I think the the Raiders had about a ninety eight percent chance to win based on those prediction, prediction models. models. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, they they should the Raiders should have never lost that game, but the Cardinals had to make a lot of plays in order to win, and they did. Yeah, I mean, it was how rare it was so rare that um, before yesterday, this is from Mark Dalton, the VP of Public Relations for the Cardinals. Before yesterday, Arizona was zero wins. 88 losses and a tie in games that it trailed by 20 or more at halftime. So it had never won a game in which it trailed by 20 or more at halftime. It marks just the fifth time in franchise history that Arizona overcame a deficit of 20 points to win a game. Now, that those 20-point deficits happened much earlier in the game than at halftime. They had never done it when down 20 at halftime, uh, but that was their fifth deficit overcome like that. And it was you're absolutely right. It was it was the defense getting stops. It was Kyler Murray playing out of his mind and, and, and reaching that level. Remember we said last week that the only way you beat a Patrick Mahomes is if Kyler Murray has one of those yeah. games, right? Yeah. Now, Derek Carr is not Patrick Mahomes, but to come back from 20 nothing down at halftime required Kyler Murray to have one of those games. And that's exactly what he did yesterday. One of those games where he was... Out of special. this world, 
special. Yeah. It had to happen. It was yeah. the only way it was going to happen. Listen, I love the leadership qualities he, he showed there. And I think that this is the type of game. I do. I think when you win a game the way they did, the excitement, the energy, man, they can't wait to play the Rams now. Instead of being 0-2 and, and, oh, my God, you know, and, oh, everybody's talking negative, all the negatives. Man, there was a lot of positives about that. The way they won that game. Now they can't wait to play the Rams. They can't wait to get going you know, for their next game. I think it can propel you to bigger and better things. I do. I think when you have a win like that, I think it can propel you. Now, let, let's see, because somebody pointed out to me after the, the Hale Murray play, they lost like six out of their next seven games. Yeah, against the Bills that year. But yeah. I am still a believer that a win like that can go a long way towards you believing in each other, believing in what the what the what your coach is. I, I think it could help, and let's see what they do with the Rams. They have not beaten the Rams at home since 2004. 14 when they were the St. Louis Rams. Yeah, it's funny. You had sent, we, we exchanged our emails today like we always do for the show. Mm-hmm. And there was a question in your email. In fact, it's number one Cardinal Angle. Best win of the Murray Kingsbury era. And I thought about that driving in. I'm like, okay, what if, if it's not this, then which one was it? And the only other one that for me comes close to this is the best win of the, the Kyler Kingsbury era. I'd go back to week four of last year. The Rams? When they beat the Rams finally on the beat road. The Rams. When they finally beat the Rams. Finally. I think that was, and for my money still is, if you just look at it in the context of the moment and don't look at like what happened after that, what happened in the playoff game against yeah. the Raiders and later, just the way we felt about this team and their chances that Monday after we came in and they just, they, they didn't just beat the Rams. They embarrassed the Rams. They humiliated the Rams. I still think that was the best win in the Kyler Cliff era. I think this might be number two on my list for the fact that they ahead had of the Buffalo win. Hmm. Ahead of the Buffalo win. Ahead of the win? Buffalo win. Yeah. Ahead of the Buffalo win because but they they the Buffalo that, win that was a if I remember right that was kind of a back and forth game the whole afternoon right this one look I was getting ready to we, we were getting down and out in this one they, it was done I, we I was thinking are we going to call them the worst team in the NFL when we go to work on Monday right I mean serious and now like, we're talking about going to beat the Rams and be in first place in the exactly. NFL exactly I, I I was thinking to myself are we going to accuse the Cardinals being the worst team in the NFL because you could have made an argument I think Barnwell did this morning on ESPN that the way that first half went. You could have made the argument that no team in football had gotten off to a worse start than the Cardinals. I mean, they had been humiliated their first six quarters of football they played. And from to go from that to one and one, and now we're talking about beating the Rams next week. Yeah, it was a it was a real change. I don't know what what, what for you is this the best win of the Kyler Cliff era? I, I, I like your Rams one. I mean, they shut Aaron Donald down. He did nothing in that game, and they you know they won pretty convincingly. But to me, there's just something about, like I had even, I'm glad a lot of people didn't notice this, yesterday in responding to a, a quote from Vinny, 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 Vince Murata, with five quarters, five minutes and 58 seconds into the season, the Cardinals look like they're in complete disarray in every facet of the game. So I, I responded, like, time of death on the 2020 football season in Arizona, 222. Whoa. Now, thank goodness I had a whole lot of tweets after that because nobody went back and like screenshotted that and ripped to me, but I'm telling you because I'm not going to delete the tweet. But at 2.22 yesterday, I wrote time of death on the football season in Arizona. Just made it for everything. ASU and Cardinals and everything is that, you know, time of death, 2.22. And then they came back and won. I, I think that I would put this number one. But I understand the Rams won. I could even understand the Bills won. But, man, to come back down from tw- – to come back like – 
Did you see the excitement on their faces with oh, this yeah. one? It was a lot more, a lot different than when they beat the Rams. Oh yeah, no doubt. No, when they beat the Rams, they it, it was business like. I mean, it was just like done in the fourth quarter. There was like ten minutes to go. The game was over. Can there I was, tell you why? Sure. Another, please. It, it almost feels like they. I know this is crazy with fifteen games left. It's crazy, but it almost feels like they failed. They felt like they saved their season yesterday. They very well might have. They very I, well might have. Say with fifteen games left, but yeah. I mean, one and one. Look, we talked about this four game stretch saying just be two and two. Be two and two. It's very, very likely they're two and two. Maybe three and one. But not, but I, but, but I, but two and two is very doable after the first four games. Look, you come out of a, a gauntlet where you play Kansas City, the Raiders on the road, and the Rams in your first four games and you're two and two. You'll take it. You'll take it. You'll take it. Even if they lose to the Rams and beat Carolina, you're fine. You're fine. Just trying to get back to the playoffs. Yeah. Trying to get back. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, it's being described as a mutual relinquishing of duties as head coach. Huh? The very, yeah, right? The very weird Herm Edwards era had a very weird ending. And we'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Coach Herman Edwards and I met last night, and then we met again this morning, uh, and we determined mutually that it was appropriate for Herm at this point to step away from his duties as a head coach. Uh, of Sun Devil football. Look, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if Herm was fired or if he quit. All that, you know. Well, the, the buyout matters. Well, no, for him. No, I mean, for us, and that's where I was going right. to say. For, it matters to Herm and it matters yeah. to ASU. It, uh, it doesn't really matter to anybody else. It doesn't. It's semantics to everybody else but Herm and the program because they got to figure out what the buyout is. It, it's whoever dis- whoever broke up with who first, it doesn't matter. Mm. They broke up. Herm and ASU are no more. And so, uh, in a weird way to end it, so ends a very weird four, five years of Herm Edwards as the head coach of ASU football. It started yeah. weird. It mm-hmm. it got interesting in kind of the middle. And then as soon as the allegations came out and the investigation began, man, it got awful in a hurry. And then it ended weird. With a loss to Eastern Michigan at home, a team you were favored by 20 and a half points and you paid $1.5 million yeah. to come to Tempe and you lost. Maybe the home. worst loss at home is since the 90s against uh, New Mexico New State. New Mexico in State. 99, remember it well. 99, New Mexico State, the last time they had a loss. This is the, the, the worst home loss in this century. We're 22 years into this century. This is the worst loss in this century for ASU football. There's no, that, you, you, you gotta wax that program 47 to 14. And you should have. They were a three touchdown favorite. They were favored by three touchdowns. And they lose. And it was the way that they lost. Yeah. The way that they lost that football game. Almost couldn't believe it. Yeah. And I, and I had said to you, you know, going into the weekend, man, I'll probably just Eastern Michigan. I'll probably just record it and then watch it back. And I found myself starting. Let me start off. I'll watch it. And then I watch it. And then I'm watching. Then all of a sudden you're watching it just to see if they're actually going to lose the freaking game. <laughs> like, oh my God. And then, yeah, no, I, I just couldn't believe it. I told you, I knew when that game was over that Herm Edwards had coached his last game at ASU. Yeah. I knew it. I knew it because you can't bring him back. 
You can't bring them back. They looked dead. The players looked dead. They were uninspired. You know, you could say you're unprepared, and they were unprepared. But how are you uninspired? At some point, it's awake. Like, okay, these, 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 these Eastern Michigans beating us. Let's wake up and punch them in the face. They never did. Yeah. They never did. Yeah, what's funny about it is, okay, they, they looked good, better than expected against NAU. They hung with Oklahoma State and chunks of that game. They did. They hung in for a segments while. segments of, the, of that yes. game, they hung with Oklahoma State. It was a one-score game, if memory serves, early in the fourth quarter of that game against Oklahoma State. So there's really no warning sign telling you, hey, this team is about to quit on its head coach. And boy, did they quit on their head coach. So you knew, you thought it was coming, you suspected knew it. it was I knew coming. I would have bet a house payment it on it. It came, it happened yesterday, and, and now it's over. And and, and now we, we look back on it in its totality, this hurt Edwards, you know, era, if you will. And we think about how it started. We think about how shocked we were that Herm Edwards got the job. The accusations of Ray Anderson taking care of one of his buddies, right? Hiring a guy that he used to represent as an agent. The new leadership model and all of that BS they threw out there on the day that he was introduced. Making it sound like they were going to reinvent the wheel and do things totally differently. The, 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 the allegations... The investigation, five assistant coaches losing their jobs because of it, players transferring. 17 players transferred. off the sinking ship, getting away while they could. And all the while, and, and look, you know me, we talked about this. I, I, I thought Herm should have been done going into the season. I thought Herm needed to be held responsible for what was going on. And I understood the counter-argument. And the counter-argument was, you fire him now, you're never going to get somebody to take this job. There's too much uncertainty about the NCAA. There's too much unclarity about about what the punishment's going to be. But I didn't think Herm deserved the opportunity to go out with his... Pride. I didn't think he deserved the opportunity of one more season, and then he can just quote unquote retire. I didn't think he should have been the coach this year. Yeah, the only yeah, and I, listen, I agree with everything you say, and I totally get it. I think the only reason, and, and to that point, I think the only reason they kept him was because it would have been so hard to. Hey, we have a coaching search. Well, well, what's your punishment? We don't know, but it could be big. We don't know. Like it's almost impossible to hire somebody. So the best thing to you, you could have went interim. I don't think you could have, I don't think you could have fired Herm after last year and then in January hired a coach, given him a four or five year deal and said, this is our guy. Cause I don't think you were going to get anybody any good. But I think you're in the same situation now. You're not going to get anybody good now. No one's going to want but, this. But that's why you have an interim coach. Well, yeah, but you, I, I mean, and that's, and that's, I suppose you could have done that a year ago. It would have been an awkward situation, but you're not going to be able to hire anybody now. Nobody worth a darn is going to take this job now. Because they don't know. They, am I dealing with a one-year sentence, a two-year sentence? You have What's to know. What the, I think you have to know you what the punishment's going to be. Which means the NCAA has to get this crap over with. But you also have to get past the Herm stuff. And now you are. It's a lot easier even now. Herm's gone. Everything's gone. Look, we could debate this. I mean, really no debate with us because we both think that Ray should not, Ray Edwards should 100%. not have the opportunity to make that next hire. I don't think he should have the opportunity to make that next hire. This one was messed up really bad. It was messed up really badly. You know, at, at, there was a time when you kind of thought, okay, maybe the train will work. Maybe the train's going to be okay. Uh, but it, it didn't last very long. Okay, it didn't last very long. ASU uh, is in a worse spot now than they've been in in a long time with the investigation, the loss to Eastern Michigan, a season that's going to be, look, they're probably going to lose to U of A. U of A had a decent win. Over the weekend, North decent State, win over yeah. North Dakota State. Um, so they've got a couple of wins. This is now 
the, the new interim coach coming in. A lot of success to Chandler High as the running backs coach. Maybe that maybe he'll be given an opportunity if he does a good job. But I'm glad that somebody else is giving these kids an opportunity uh, that right now instead of Herm. Yeah, I, I am. I am too. And I I hope if nothing else, the the kids over there playing for ASU can can you know look. I mean, it's just as much their fault as it is Herm's. The energy and the effort they played with on Saturday night, right? They're just as responsible for that as Herm. Is but I I hope for those guys who don't have anything to do with the scandal of this investigation they can find a little bit of peace and go Free out there and play. have fun and play. Now just it's play. it's look the way things are shaping up this team could be the first one in five ASU football team since 1942. Oh I saw I saw that in wow okay because they've got okay Utah, Utah they will lose to Utah USC they will lose to USC and then Washington who's now ranked in the top 20 they're the 18th team in the country. Uh, according to the stat that I saw from Chris Cartman, mm-hmm. they haven't had a one in five start to the season since 1942. Oh, Pre D Day was the last time they were wow. that bad. Okay, wow. so so I, I I from what I understand, and we're probably going to play some of the audio tomorrow. Today we're so so busy. From what I read on social media, the new ASU interims coach press conference today went about as well as you could expect. Yeah. Like, I'm reading that he killed it. Killed it. He, he had tears in his eyes, the passion that he had for yep. the job, and, so, and, and maybe that translates, but I think at the end of the day, when you've had that many kids leave, and you've had that much uncertainty at the coaching position, and the schedule is as tough as it's going to be for the next few weeks, I just don't know if tears and passion are enough. Maybe it is. Maybe it's enough to get a win somewhere in those next three games and avoid that one and five start. I hope it is. Yeah. I'm just, look, this. He's got a lot of passion for ASU football. He's got a lot of passion for this area. I mean, he had a lot of success at Chandler High. The Wolves. Matter of fact, he was my wife's government teacher. (laughs) He he was my wife's teacher. He was her government teacher. I just think now Mm -hmm. the question is. She said he was a very good teacher. I'm sure he was. Now the question is Ray Anderson. The question has to be Ray Anderson. And the question has to be Michael Crow. And does he believe in Ray Anderson? Because it's not. They need a whole reset. It's not like this is some garden variety mistake that you made hiring a coach. You made a colossal yeah, blow. Yeah. Like, like there's a difference, yeah. right? Like you hire a coach and like Todd Graham. Okay, we picked Todd Graham and he was all right. He did some good things. He did some bad things. We decided it was time to move on. That was a garden variety college football coaching, hiring, and firing. It's like Steve Wilkes. It's like Steve Wilkes. Yeah. Okay. Good. Now, if you fail with Kings with Cliff Kingsbury, it should cost you your job. Yeah, because that was the guy had no, outside the box, no experience. He got fired in Texas. That's exactly and, it. It's like at some point you go as the owner or the right. president of the school. How many more of these am I going to give you? Yeah. How many more times am I going to say I trust you to hire the right guy at head coach? And you botched this one so badly. I don't think Ray can have another shot at it. No, but you know maybe they just because of all the other sports that are going on right. Right now, maybe they'll they'll start in it. I think that they should go for the. I think they need a whole new reset. Okay, football and basketball have to drive your entire athletic department. And at ASU right now, football and basketball are not driving anything. No, so it's imperative that they guide hire the right person to hire the right coaches. And so I think that I that they should look for a different AD. When we come back, the performance from Kyler Murray was worth every penny of those two hundred and thirty five million dollars the Cardinals gave him. We'll talk about that coming up. Burns and Gambo. Love you, bro. Love you.
Big Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. chance every week. I don't care who you're playing. I don't care, um, you know, how you start. He's, he's going to give you a chance because of those tools he has. And it's an elite skill set. And, and we just got to keep getting better. Cliff Kingsbury after the game with Paul Calvisi on the postgame radio show. And of course, he's talking about Kyler Murray. And look, there are so many things to talk about with that epic comeback yesterday for the Cardinals. So that, that to almost just focus on Kyler is to, we mean no disrespect to everything else because we, we will talk about the defense coming up in the next segment. Want to talk about Byron Murphy. Want to talk about Isaiah Simmons, the defensive line, the work they did, the running back position. We could go on and on about everything that worked yesterday for the Cardinals, but make no mistake about it. In order to beat a team when you're down 20 at halftime on the road, you need your elite quarterback to be elite. And Kyler Murray was all kinds of special yesterday. Oh yeah, I mean, just yeah. <laughs> that, that one of those games where you go, yeah. Oh yeah, that's, that's why, why you make sure him. you pay him two hundred and thirty-five million dollars so he doesn't go anywhere. It's moments just like that. No, yeah, I mean, you said it earlier. Listen, he's got to run to be special. He's got to run. Now he doesn't have to be Lamar Jackson, but he has to run, right? He has to do has that. To. I loved his pocket presence on so many of the plays where he stayed in the pocket and delivered the football, and I think that's great. But when he had to, when you know, when he when he couldn't and he had to get out, he's just as special. And man, I'm telling, like, if if every defensive coordinator, and I, you look at these plays, and you're like, what the hell? Like, what do we do if this guy starts running like that? Like, what do you do? Do you chase him? Do you stay with your guys? Like, you know, and that's going to be something for defensive coordinators to try to figure out, because he's a handful to figure out Kyla Murray, because he's so ultra-talented, ultra uber-talented. Um, and everything was on display yesterday in that second half. I mean, everything that makes him a great quarterback was on display in the second half yesterday. The Cardinals had no business winning that football game. They had no business. And you're right. You're right. There's a lot of reasons why they won, not just Kyla Murray. But you don't win that game without Kyla Murray. No, you don't. And and I, I the whole game changed. Anybody who watched it beginning to end, in part, that game changed when Kyla Murray started using his legs more. And, and I understand. I understand the need to want to protect him. I understand the need to want to protect himself. He protects himself and he, very and well. And he does a really good job he of it. He protects himself very well. Well, but anytime you put yourself out there, I mean, look sure. at Trey Lance. I mean, I, I saw Kyle Shanahan. He got a little defensive yesterday with reporters who were like, guys, we're not doing anything differently here than they're doing with Josh Allen in Buffalo or that they're doing with other. This is the game. You, sometimes your quarterback is at risk and things are going to happen. And you increase that risk when you ask your quarterback to run a little bit more, but make zero mistake about it. That game changed yesterday when Kyler started using his legs. And when Kyler mixes that in with part of his performance, that's when he will reach that kind of elite level of what are you going to do to stop that? How can you stop that? How can you that fourth down? Remember early in the 18 yard drive? Okay, the they were like fourth and one, fourth and one, fourth and a football. Basically, right? I was listening to the radio broadcast because I was driving home from the airport yesterday, and Wolf made the point on the broadcast that that might be the fastest he's ever seen Kyler Murray run. 
when he was running for that the sticks when he was running yard, for the sideline two yard run on fourth and one yep and it was just a two yard run but he had to accelerate to get there because the play was stretched out so far he was amazing and 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 that kind of skill level that uh, that gift that he's got that's the secret ingredient man that's the, that is the thing in Kyler Murray that makes him so special he's got to use it a little bit more a little bit more yeah it, it was a good it was a good mix with him with the pass in the run. But what I loved to just the passion, the emotion, the man, he was so fired up after some of those plays, pumping his fist in the air and celebrating with the crowd afterwards, even though they're probably going to arrest the guy that smacked him in the face. <laughs> um, you you want to see that love for the game. Yes. You want to see that love and that passion for the game. I mean, he's a young kid and he's never won a playoff game, although he's taken a team to the playoffs. He's got goals. He's not. You know, people always question, oh, what's going to happen once you pay him the money? They paid him the money. You think he wants to win any less? No. Doesn't want to win any less. Getting all that money doesn't change his desire to win football games. He wants to win. Yeah. He wants to be great. And you saw that yesterday, man. He he didn't pack it in. He didn't sulk. He didn't pout. I saw more leadership in Kyler Murray yesterday than I've seen in a while. I think he did everything right yesterday in leading that team back to victory. And that's the thing. He didn't he didn't sulk, he didn't pout. And I'm glad you brought that up because I I keep thinking back to that Rams game, the playoff game. And not that the Cardinals could have had a comeback in that game the way the way they had a comeback in this game. But think about what we were talking about the day after that Rams playoff game, specifically as it relates to Kyler. Right? Was he engaged? Was he in it? Was he, you know, was he pouting? Was he being a baby? Did he refuse to go back into the game? And Colt McCoy's like, no, dude, seriously, you got to go back out there. All right, yesterday. All of that stuff, if that's who he was going to be, if that's who he is, all of that stuff could have come into play when you're down 20 nothing going into the second half and having your butts handed. There was none of that. There was none of that out of Kyler yesterday. I don't know what the season holds for him. I don't know what the season holds for them. He might have to be special like that more this season in order for them to win games. Like the Their fed- roster is probably not as talented as the top five, six, seven teams. I agree with that. So, yeah, like he, to win games against teams that are on your level or better, I, I almost expect that Kyler has to be special to win those games. Yeah. Can you beat Carolina without Kyler being special? Sure. Can you beat Seattle without Kyler being special? Sure. Can you beat the Rams without him being special? Probably not. The Bucks. The, the Bucks. Think about anybody the else. Chargers. Huff they have coming up. Charge the Broncos. Well, the Broncos. The Broncos, Broncos are aren't that story. good. <laughs> the Bron- They're not that good. The Broncos are another. Can you guys leave me alone, please? <laughs> Broncos. Man, barely won yesterday. God, barely won yesterday. Broncos. Man, what the Jordan hell? Hicks, by the way, was just this close to bringing down Jalen Hurts before the goal line. Oh, was he really? Come yeah. On, he's, he's, he's been good. He's been really good so far for them this year. But but yeah, Kyler was worth every single penny and after the game he talked about taking the game into his own hands late. Yeah, I mean it was, you know, at some point, you know, enough is enough. It was just um, it, it, again, it's not about the the, the toughness and, and how hard we play. That's that's never in question. It's just about executing um, playing faster, getting, you know, getting our tempo going and uh, I, I think you could tell a difference first half, second half. Those guys, those guys definitely got tired. They definitely got tired. They were winded. Um, you know, pass rush slowed down a little bit, obviously. 
uh, they got two bookends over there, uh, great players over there. But um, when you're tired, you're not getting pass rush. You're playing zone. It's you know for for us, that's you know it's a recipe for success. So it was it was it ended up you know working out. Yeah, I would say it ended up working yeah. out. All five of his carries, all 28 of his yards rushing happened in the second half of that game. How many carries overall? He had five carries for 28 yards. Yeah, that's not carrying. The, that doesn't count the two-point conversion. No. <laughs> that doesn't. No. Because no, then he had over no, 100 no, yards rushing. <laughs> that was 85 yards in and of itself. Became the first NFL player ever with a passing touchdown, rushing touchdown, Two-point conversion run and two-point conversion pass in the same game. I'm not sure people come up with this. I don't know. Say that again. Say, just say that again. The first NFL player okay. in history with a passing touchdown. Passing touchdown. Rushing touchdown. Rushing touchdown. Two-point conversion run. Run. And two-point conversion pass. Yeah, it's never happened before. In the same game. It's never, never happened, happened before. before. I don't know who comes up with stuff like that. You know what, guys? Like our friends over at the Cardinals when they put together, you know, all of these. Nobody's uh, ever had a touchdown pass, touchdown run, two-point conversion pass, two-point conversion. I got so many facts from yesterday's game. I'm practically choking on them. I mean, seriously, there's just the, but the, but the, nothing's better than that two point conversion. 21 seconds long. He ran 85 yards. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not kidding. What's the over under on how many times people went back and watched that play? Cause I, I, I watched it seven or eight times because I wanted to see, I, I'm fascinated how he ended up at the 22 yard line. Yeah. Like I, it was a two point conversion play. He was at the 22-yard line. <laughs> How did he get back there? How did you get all the way back How'd there? How did you get back there? Why are you going the wrong way? And then you see it, and it was just like, I, I had no choice. Yeah. I, I went right, and there were two Raiders defenders. It was Billingsley, and then there was uh, Vickers, and I couldn't get away, so I had to go backwards. I just I retreated backwards to buy myself more time. He just retreated really far backwards. He went 15 yards backwards, but it allowed... Justin Pugh, DJ Humphreys, Beecham, and Rodney Hudson to reset yep. and give him this. Because at that point, now I could sit here all day, man. And, and the Raiders, at that point, they couldn't chase him. There was nobody who was going to chase him. No, they were. everybody they were was guessed. in the end zone. The guys who were upfield covering him were exhausted from running around like that. No one was going to catch him at that point. You and know? even when he was, because, and now he runs so far and you can't just leave your guy because he's got 15 yards to run before he gets to the line of scrimmage. <laughs> exactly. So you can't just assume that he's running yeah. because if you, if you leave your guy while he's run, like he can just throw the ball to an open receiver. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android, and you're not going to miss any of the show. The Burns and Gambo Show podcast is brought to you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. The other side of the ball, the defense, and in particular, Devontae Adams, who? That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. Let's go. Let's go. Big Red Monday in Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Carr takes the snap, drops straight back to throw, has time, throws over the middle, Renfro caught it at the 50, 45, fumbled the ball, and there's a wrestling match for the football at the 40-yard line of Arizona after Renfro coughed it up. 
They haven't signaled yet who's got the ball. There was a Raider and two Cardinals around the football, and they do. Foster Morrow recovered it. It's first down at the 39 of Arizona. That fumble was caused by Zayvon Collins, who was out there for every single snap defensively the Cardinals played yesterday. He was on the field a ton, and, and Gambo had asked the question earlier that is this a springboard moment for the Cardinals? Is this the kind of win that can propel them to a greater season or a better season than maybe we were expecting? And, and honestly, Gambo, I think the answer to that question lies on the defensive side of the football. I, I, the offense is going to be good. They're going to score points. Kyler's going to be Kyler. They're going to get even better when they get Rondell Moore and D-Hop back. They I, get I, stops. I, I have no, no doubt about that. They need to get stops. And if they, if what we saw in the second half yesterday and in overtime is what we can come to expect from this team defensively or come to even somewhat count on, then hell yeah, yesterday can be a springboard for the Cardinals. Absolutely, because it starts yeah. mm-hmm. on that side of the football. As yeah, far let's as make concerned. no mistake about it. You go look at what the Raiders did in the second half of the game. They had, a th- they had two three and outs. They had a five and out. They had a field goal. And in overtime, they had a turnover. That was it. That was it. They had three points. After halftime, yep. three points, and they had two three-and-outs, a five-and-out, and a turnover, and they were held to a field goal. You like you don't win that game if you don't get stops, then it turns into the Kansas City game. Right. Hey, the Cardinals scored you know, three, three touchdowns against Kansas City, right? They scored some, but you know what? But Kansas City kept scoring. So you have to get stops. And there are times in the game you need them, and they got them. I mean, they got stops at the right time. And not only... Getting stops, but sometimes you need a three and out. Mm-hmm. Sometimes is hey, we need a three and out. Like they can't have a ten play drive here, and we like, and they did that a couple of times yesterday. So make no mistake about it, Vance Joseph and that defense deserves a lot of credit. And I'm going through my notes, and I'm just looking at the second half. Okay, Raiders go three and out their first possession. Second possession, uh, they had a first and goal from the nine. The Raiders did, and they held the Cardinals to a field goal, which is as good as a victory, as far as I'm concerned. When you're making the other team kick 25 yard field goals on that drive, Jalen Thompson knocked the ball out of the back of the end zone. That was in. For Darren Waller on that drive, Zach Allen took down Derek Carr and forced an incompletion on third down. Big play. Yep. Go to the next one. JJ Watts hit a pass at the at the line mm-hmm. on third. You know the the three and out they had there. You go to the next one. Rashard Lawrence had a great tackle for loss of Four Josh Jacobs. Loss. Yep, that was a huge play. Uh, Byron Murphy coming on a blitz forced Derek Carr out of the pocket and forced him into a bad throw on a third down. And my point and is, why were they throwing so much with I the don't lead? No. I don't, and, and the Raiders' I, inability to run the football was incredible. Like I was just some bad coaching right there. They've got one bad of the best coaching. running backs in the NFL, and Josh Jacobs. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and they, I, I don't know, and that helped out the Cardinals. But my broader point was that there were a lot of individuals yesterday defensively who played very very well. Byron Murphy, the job we presume that he did on Devontae Adams. We haven't seen the All-22 yet. I'm going to assume that that he was primarily matched up with Devontae Adams. That was one of his worst days as a pro since 2017. Yeah. It's been that long since he played that poorly. Yeah, it, you, when you look at it, the, he, the last time he had less than three catches in a football game, you've got to go back four years and it was when they, when he had Brett Hundley as his quarterback, he had a really bad game. So here, I'm just trying to find it right now. The last time he had less than three catches in a game was week seven of the 2017 season. Five years ago. Week seven of the 2017 season, Brett Hundley was his quarterback. 
The amount of times he had less than three catches when he played with Aaron Rodgers, zero. Zero. Yeah. 65-plus games with Rodgers never happened. So the fact that the Cardinals shut him down was incredible. I tried to watch a lot of it back this morning because uh, I wanted to see. And it didn't show a lot of the. You couldn't see it. Now, I gotta get, I'll get some game film and I'll see more of it. But the television view didn't give me a good view of how many times he was covered and who was covered. But I did see three or four occasions where Murphy was on him. Yeah, I, I'm just not, not, again, not that it's the end-all, be-all. But I'm looking at the pro football focus grades from yesterday's game. Here's your defensive players ranked, okay? Okay. Zach Allen not only was the top-ranked defensive player, he was the top-ranked player player nice for the Cardinals. See. He had a huge grade yesterday. Dennis Gardeck was number two. J.J. Watt was number three. Byron Murphy was number four. With only 15 snaps played, Isaiah Simmons was number five. And, uh, and, well, go ahead. What were you going to say? It's odd that they... You know, that they I guess they have to judge just because sometimes you see a guy had he's got a high grade. He played four snaps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. And they've got little you know, they let you know who the starters are. Right. So you can kind of like Jalen Thompson had a great game. Buda Baker had a great game. Rashard Lawrence had a really good game and a nice score. I mean, I know that like Lecky Fotu had 20 snaps yesterday. He was the sixth highest grade player. He did fine. But but I, I, I can look at this and know which guys had the most snaps and, and were starters in the game. But Simmons is the guy I want to talk about it minute okay. because Cliff was asked today about Simmons role he has the green dot last week he barely plays this week is that given Isaiah Simmons whiplash right now with how much they're moving him around I think he's giving us whiplash I would say you know like it's he can be as good as he wants I'll say that and he knows that he knows that's how we feel about him we've, we've addressed it many times I think um, it's a commitment to football all day every day and, and being the best possible player you can be and you see the flashes and I think if he can do that consistently day in day out this guy is a limit, and I, I think that's how we've all felt since he's got here. So it was a big step in the right direction, and I hope it continues. So clearly, we have to infer based off of that answer that Isaiah hasn't been doing that. Clearly, no. I mean, otherwise, yeah. why? Why only play him fifteen snaps? Why? You know, he was the green dot where a week ago, and now he's playing fifteen snaps. Clearly, does he, they get, all the, does he get all the blame for Kansas City's offense? You know, seems pretty obvious that not super happy with his level of preparation. That they weren't super happy with the amount of time that he put in to that Kansas City game, and they reacted accordingly this week. Am I reading too much into it? That no, I, that seems like the read here. You know. You're probably right. I mean, you try to look at where the where the snaps went, right? He got 15 snaps. Vallejo got him. Tanner Vallejo got 20 snaps. Yeah, Tanner Vallejo got most of them, um, at least in the inside linebacker, because because Avon Collins was out there the whole game. He played all 67 snaps. Um, Ezekiel Turner got some. Ben Neiman got some. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, those are. I'm looking at the other guys but who lined up. But why? I mean, I mean, obviously, when on the play of the game where he jarred the ball loose from Hunter Renfro, they had six guys lined up. They showed pressure. They were both those guys were going to hit the a gap. Zavin and Isaiah peeled off it, and he went to the sidelines at Renfro. Once Renfro spun away from Jace Whitaker, he popped him, and he popped him good and knocked the ball loose. He's got great sideline to sideline skills. Like I'm, like if I told you, if I told you, out of the two linebackers, Zavin Collins. And Isaiah Simmons, that one of them got all the snaps. You would have thought it was Isaiah. 100%. You would not have thought it was Avon. Not at all. 
But Zayvon got all the snaps, and Isaiah got very little. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to motivate him, or maybe Van, you know Vance just needs a guy calling the plays that he trusts. It sounds like a little bit of both of those that you just said, that there might be a little bit of a motivation issue with Isaiah Simmons. He's got to figure it out. He's got all the talent in the world, and he made the biggest play of the game yesterday, knocking that ball loose from Hunter Renfro, but only 15 snaps he was on the field for the entire day yesterday. So we've got Diamondbacks baseball coverage coming up at 6.30. We're going to carry you right up to it. We're going bonus. That's fancy verbiage for bonus Burns and Gambo. Bonus. We go to 6.30. Something we haven't done in a while. D-backs Dodgers tonight. We'll get you ready for that, along with our very final thoughts on yesterday's thrilling Cardinals win. That's all coming up next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball is 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. We're checking in on the D-backs as they warm up for the game's first pitch. D-backs on deck, brought to you by 72 Sold. Get thousands more on your home with no inconvenience. Visit 72sold.com and by Sonic. This is how we Sonic. Stop by your nearest location today for the Sonic Chop House Cheeseburger. For a limited time, only at Sonic. There we got a little bonus burns and gimbo for you on this Monday evening. Diamondbacks baseball. All right. They're in Los Angeles. They're in Los Angeles taking on the Dodgers tonight for a 7-10 first pitch. In fact, they've got five games upcoming against the Dodgers. It's a four-game series, and plus there's a doubleheader tomorrow. So they've actually it's a five-game series against LA. Yeah. So the Diamondbacks, rough weekend against the San Diego Padres. We'll talk about that in a moment, but let's give you your pitching matchups for tonight's game. It's brought to you by Native Interiors, your floors, your way. Text the word floors to 620-620 for more info. Clayton Kershaw, who did a number on the Diamondbacks the last time he faced them in his last start, seven innings of shutout baseball. He gets the start today. The lefties 8-3, 2.44 ERA. Merrill Kelly gets the start for the Diamondbacks. The righty is 12-6 and with a 3.01 ERA. Yeah, that was a gem by Kershaw against the D-backs. It was September 13th. He went seven innings, two hits, no runs, one walk, struck out five. He hasn't allowed two or more earned runs in four straight starts. So he has pitched really well. So good pitching matchup tonight. Merrill Kelly, 30th start of the season for Merrill Kelly. What a work, workhorse bulldog type guy he is. Um, so good pitching matchup, Kelly against Kershaw. Yep, five games against the Dodgers starting tonight. Diamondbacks are coming off a series at home against the Padres in which they won the opener on the night of Dre Jamison's Major League debut 4 nothing, and then after that lost to San Diego 12-3 2 nothing, and 6-1 to and there were all sorts of problems in those three losses that they had the offense, the bullpen Ryan Nelson had some control issues yeah. there was a whole bunch of stuff going on with the Diamondbacks this weekend Well you just look at that bullpen and uh, you know Ian Kennedy, he gave up one uh, in one inning, gave up two hits and a run and a walk. Melanson gave up two hits and a run. Um, so these guys, Kennedy's last five games, he has given up 11 earned runs in three and a third inning. Ian Kennedy, 11 earned runs in three and a thirds. Melanson, last 10 games, he has given up seven earned runs in eight and a third innings. These guys have been terrible. 
terrible. Just you know, and I, you know, obviously now these, neither one of these guys is the closer, uh, but boy, they're both pitching so bad right now. Kennedy's done. He's not gonna, you know, he's not gonna be a D back next year. But Melanson is still under contract for next season. Yeah, there's not much they can do about that and the contract that he's signed under. There's there's not much they can do there at all. I mentioned control was a problem for Ryan Nelson. Um, he five and a third innings. He gave up just three hits, but he also walked four, gave up three earned runs in that one. And offensively, it's been a struggle too. One run or less in five of their last nine games in about a third of their losses, more than a third of their losses, almost half of their losses, they've managed one run or less. The offense has been really inconsistent this year. Yeah, and that's the problem, right, is that their pitching for the most part has been really good, but that offense is just really, you know, let them down. They've struggled to score runs. It's, you know, it's been a long season. It's kind of coming to an end right now. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's just, you know, you just kind of want to finish as strong as you can. We had one time we had talked about whether they could finish at 500, and that's just totally out of the question right now. No, that is out of the question. Tonight, uh, looking at the lineup real quick, this should be fun with Tori on the show tomorrow. Jordan Luplo is in the lineup oh, tonight. Oh, so, can't right. get enough for Jordan Luplo. But you got Stone Garrett. He's batting leadoff tonight. He's the designated hitter for the Arizona Diamondbacks. So at least you'll, at least you'll get some of him as the Diamondbacks try to slow down a Dodgers team that clinched the National League West when they played the Diamondbacks just a little bit ago. On the Farm is brought to you by Redbird Farms. You can't put a price on great taste as we look at the Diamondbacks minor league schedule. There are no games scheduled for the Arizona Diamondbacks minor league affiliates. I believe Amarillo is done, I think, for the rest of the season. So there's not going to be a whole lot in terms of farm reports moving forward. We'll still have some Reno reports for you. And then the MLB standings, and they are driven by trucks only. The Valley's number one independent dealer and home of the lifetime engine warranty. Diamondbacks open up today 33 and a half games behind the LA Dodgers in the National League West. 12 games behind the Phillies for the last wild card spot in the National League. Let's get you some keys to tonight's game. Listen man, I need you to be the key master. I am the key master. Backs keys to the game presented by Mist America, home of the patented Mist 360 outdoor cooling system. Visit mistamerica.com today for a cooler tomorrow. I was going to go with the runs and the struggles, but you brought that up. So here's what I'll go with. Two more outfield assists yesterday. Thomas and Varsho. That's the eighth outfield assist of the year for Varsho. It's tied for 50 in the National League. 27 outfield assists on the year for the D-backs. Fourth best in all of Major League Baseball. Tough team to run on. Try to take those extra bases, second and third. So the key is D-backs outfield continuing to make big plays and get guys out. Didn't mean to steal your key. I apologize for that. Yeah, I was going to go with the with the earned runs. They've scored one run or less in five or less nine games. Diamondbacks baseball is coming up next. 7-10 first pitch. You'll hear it right here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. You've been listening to D-Backs on Deck. Brought to you by 72 Soul. Get thousands more on your home with no inconvenience. Visit 72soul.com. And by Sonic. This is how we Sonic. Stop by your nearest location today for the Sonic Chop House Cheeseburger. For a limited time, only at Sonic. 
1067 FM, Arizona's sports station. It's the Burns and Gambo two-minute warning. Final thoughts on yesterday's Cardinals game. 29-23, the Arizona Cardinals beat the Las Vegas Raiders yesterday. Our final thoughts in the two-minute warning. I'll go ahead and start this party off by talking about the defense. Not Kyler Murray, not the amazing things he did in the second half yesterday, though they were amazing for me. If yesterday's game, Gambo, Gambo is going to be any kind of a springboard for this organization, it's a bigger and better things in 2022. It's going to be about guys like J.J. Watt, like Byron Murphy, like Zach Allen, like Dennis Gardeck continuing to play well, Jalen Thompson and Buda Baker, and maybe more importantly than all those, it's going to be figuring out a permanent role for Isaiah Simmons. He has the green dot last week. This week he played 15 snaps, but at the end, made the biggest play. If that defense plays as well as they did in the second half, maybe we need to readjust our sight line of what's possible for the 2022 Arizona Cardinals. For me, this is all about Kyler Murray and the greatness of Kyler Murray. I mean, we had seen, we've seen Kyler at his best running the football, throwing the football. The two-point conversion pass to A.J. Green was a thing of beauty. The two-point conversion run in which he ran 80-something yards was a thing of beauty. He got Dorch involved. He got Ertz involved. Even with James Conner out, that running game with Darrell Williams played a factor. You know, Ben Benjamin had a couple of big runs, too. But I love the way he's getting guys involved. And I'm telling you, I know we had him on the show today, but this connection that he has with Greg Dorch, it's turning into something special. And don't forget that big punt return by Dorch as well. So the offense and Kyler really got to go in today. That's going to do it for us here on the Burns and Gambo Show on this big red Monday. Diamondbacks baseball is coming up next. We're back with you tomorrow straight up 2 o'clock right here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Have a great night, everyone.